Welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook, where our goal is to have a genuine and authentic conversation about the Christian faith journey and what a messy walk with Jesus really looks like. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast. I am your host, Steph, here with Pastor Adam. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. This is episode 148 and number four in our series, The Art of Being Unordinary. Yeah, so the number four, I think we've got a couple more after this one. I think the total in this one is six, I believe. Let me look. i got notes in front of me. Might be... Nope, there's only five. So we got one more after this one. So what we were talking through, the whole premise for the series, if you haven't, you know, you don't have to go back and listen if you're just coming in. But the idea is, is that um, we as Christians are called to do more than just survive life and walk through life like, you know, get up in the morning, go to work, come home, get up in the morning, go to work. That There's got to be more to that, and there is. And so in Jesus, we're called to live an extraordinary life. And it be more than just surviving. And so if you are in a state right now where you feel like you're just surviving life as a Christ follower and feeling like there's got to be more to it than that, there is more to it than that. And there's a, there's an extraordinary thing that Jesus calls us to do. Like we're, we're called to live the life that he lived as well. And so the doing the things that he did and being a, a part of this, this kingdom of God that has come and all the ways in which the Holy Spirit is working in the world, the Holy Spirit is working in the world through us as Christ followers. And so we're supposed to be a part of this extraordinary plan of redemption and restoration in the world. And so the way that we, the way that we approach that, the way that we do that is by doing some things that are unordinary. And so there's an art to living this extraordinary life, and the art is very simple. It's found in doing these things that are just a little bit unordinary from what everybody else does in their lives. And so what we've talked through is this: they center around firsts. Everything, if, if you want to live a, an extraordinary life in Jesus, then you're going to do some unordinary things, and they're going to center around the first in your life. It's amazing how Jesus talks consistently about this. It permeates the Bible. It's all the way through, cover to cover, that there's a call on our life that God is first in all things. And when he's first in all things... He adds other things to us. He he multiplies what we what we give. He um, he takes our efforts and does more with them. Right when there's a declaration of our firsts, and so this art to being unordinary is all about what you do first. And so we talked about in the beginning of the series was um, first of the day. You know, what do you do the first of the day? And so the idea is is do it differently than the world does it. If you're a Christ follower, and so you declare the first of your day by being in the Word, being in prayer. The first of your day, um, it, not being legalistic about it, right? So you can. Would you say last time, Steph? You can. Pee, you can pee. Yeah, you can yeah. pee first, right? You don't have to be like, oh, I got to read my Bible. I can't <laughs> I pee first. Remember that. <laughs> I have to do that first, right? You, you can do that first. You you may. It depends on your schedule and the time that it is. It doesn't have to be like immediately when you wake up and open your eyeballs, right? You may shower first or get your clothes on or whatever it is. Um, I shared back in that episode. I think that was one forty six. Mm-hmm. I shared how that's happening in my life right now, how that looks. Um, but it's it's declaring with the first. So the unordinary thing you're going to do is you're going to give God the first of your day, every day. That's unordinary because in regular old human existence, the first of the day almost always goes to ourselves. And so the idea is, is God, here's my day. Um, and then we transition that from first of the day to, in 147, first of the week, right? And so at the first of the week, the first of the week is not Monday, it's Sunday. And so the first of the week, you gather. You gather with the with with 
the church, right? And so we, we call that the corporate gathering of the church, the large gathering of the church. Start your week off by gathering with God's people, right? Being charged up for the mission that we're all called to. Because our mission is not what we're going to do at work, you know, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Your, your mission for the week is not the task that you have to do at your job, no matter what your job is. Even with me as a, as a pastor, my, my, my mission for the week is not the, the stuff I have to do in my job as ministry. Our mission is, is to make disciples, to make, to make most of God, right, to bring him glory, to share the gospel, to live the gospel, right? And so you charge up the first of the week with the rest of the people around you going in the same direction. That's the church. Mm-hmm. And, then they, and then you're sort of released into the week for ministry. So the first of the week is Sunday, and what we're going to do the first of the week is we're going to put God first, the first of the week. So we talked about real quick, easy thing, tangible thing to do is making make church a non-negotiable. Make, make Sunday gatherings with the church, corporate weekly gatherings with the church, non-negotiable. Like we're going to make this happen in our lives no matter what. If we have to use the internet to do it, if we have to you know, visit somewhere where we're traveling, if we have to catch up on, uh, you know, we were working, so we have to catch up on Monday morning, like we're going to figure it out, right? We're going to figure those things out. So this whole idea of being unordinary, there's an art to it, but it's simple. You know, most of the time when we say there's an art to something, it sounds very difficult, right? Mm-hmm. So if we go, you know, if you're a, um, I'm trying to think of something random off the top of my head. It's always funny when I try to do that on the podcast and I don't have any doubt what I'm thinking about. But like, you know, when you say like, you know, I'm a, uh, like you're somebody who makes your own clothes. Do you make oh, yeah. your own clothes, Dale? No, I do not. All right. So if you're somebody who makes your own clothes, you think of this art of doing this as being very difficult, something you'd have to learn over time. The art of being unordinary so you can live the extraordinary life Jesus calls you, it's not difficult. It's actually quite easy. So first of the day, first of the week, and so today we want to talk about the one that everybody dislikes and gets mad about anytime I talk about it, is first of the month. And so first of the day... We, we spend time with the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. First of the week, we gather with the church. First of the month, we tithe. Mm-hmm. We take our monetary resources and we make a plan for them and we give them to the Lord first. And we do that on a monthly basis. It doesn't have to be monthly, but, right? but when we talk about it on a month, um, it's because you make your plans for the month, right? Huh. And on all the plans that you make for the month, the calendar that you set out for the month, what you're going to do, where you're going to go, all these things, they all involve money and resources, right? And so when you're planning a calendar, you're also dictating what's what's priority in your life, not just for your time, but also for your monetary resources, right? So if you sit down and you and Jonathan sit down and you look at your calendar for the month, right? So today is the first day of February. Um, I don't know when you'll hear this, but it won't be the first day of February. Um, so, so if you're sitting down, you and Jonathan sit down the first month of February, day of February, and you say, all right, well, we got coming up this month. And you go, okay, well, we got we to gotta go visit such and such here. My dad's coming in here. I'm out to work late here. You know, mm-hmm. he brings up, oh, yeah, I got this thing to do here. The entire calendar is not just dictating your time. It's dictating your resources, right? Yeah. If you're going to drive here, then you're using gas for that. If you're going to be out late and you got to eat here or whatever it may be, it's all resources. So we talk about first of the month and tithing because it's about planning 
um, what's going to happen for the month. And it's a great time to figure out what you're doing with your money. And no, this is not, before you go turning this off, this is not just another preacher talking about money. Like every time, <laughs> every time you hear, every time that happens, you know, people are talking about money in any way, or it, the church talks about money in any way, it's always like, you know, we want your money. Um, I think that it's the first of the month is a good time to talk about this part because it's a good time to be intentional about what you have been given, what you expect to receive for the month. And the idea is to put God first in it. Nobody disagrees. Isn't it funny how nobody probably disagrees with the idea of putting God first in your day? Yeah. And nobody disagrees with putting God first in your week, typically, right? Most Christ followers believe in the gathering of the church. Yeah. Um, and then like next week when we get to the last one, which is first of the year, um, even though very few Christians do it, Nobody disagrees with the discipline of fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we talk about this one, there's all kinds of pushback. Um, and it's not as difficult as it sounds. And so let me just give a disclaimer as we get started. Like, as a church, um, we don't want your money. Um, and I'm going to give you five ways that you can sort of see that and test that. Now, I don't know about all the other churches, but I do have a lot of friends who are pastors and pastor churches all over the country. And I can tell you that most of the churches I know, all of the pastors that I associate with, they don't want your money either. Um, They want something for you, not something from you. And that's the idea of us having this talk, is that I want something for you, not from you. What I want is you to live an extraordinary life and to be involved in the things that God has for you. And the way we do that is by being a little unordinary. So we do, our, we do the first of our day different than the rest of the world. We do our first of the week rest different than the rest of the world. And we do our first of the month. We do our money different than the rest of the world. Right? Matter of fact, this is something that we should pay more attention to anyway. Um, I think preachers shy away from it because of this idea that you think we want your money. And I know that there's lots of churches who have abused this. There's lots of pastors who abuse this. There's just about every single pastor you see on television, just about. Right? There's an abuse of this. But I'm telling you, what we really want for you is to understand that if you place God first, he does so much more with that and and multiplies it in ways. Jesus talks about money more than any other individual subject, any. Jesus talks about money more than um, heaven and hell combined, right? And so we as a church probably ought to talk about this. I mean, Jesus, Jesus references that um, – the, the main competitor for your heart is money. The, the love, the pursuit of money, right, is the main competitor for your heart. He doesn't make that statement about anything else except for money, right? So obviously what we do with our money, how we set the tone for the week and the month, um, the plans that we make and how we put God first in it or not is, has, a, has a lot to do with how we're walking with the Lord and whether we're going to walk in and experience the extraordinary things he has for us or if it's just going to be day in and day out, same old thing over and over again, right? So it's important. Um, so, so here's the five ways that you can know that I don't want your money for us as a church. First off, um, uh, we would have taught about this on the first of the month. Right, so we're having this conversation right now on February one as we record, but it's not going to come out for you on February one, right? So it would have happened if we were if I wanted your money, we would have talked about it on the first of the month, and we wouldn't have talked about it on a podcast, right? Because this podcast has no way, shape, or form for you to give us money, right? There's no giving links, 
you know, you can't tithe to the podcast, right? So there's no coffee fund. There's <laughs> none of that. <laughs> I, this podcast makes zero dollars, right? So um, there's, I wouldn't be teaching this on a podcast if I wanted your money, right? Does that make sense? Makes so total the, sense. There's the first one. Number two, um, in church, if we wanted your money, we would do the offering after we taught, not before it. And what we do is we do the offering before we teach. If I wanted your money, I would do the offering at the end because I would have you um, in a much more vulnerable, emotional state at the end of a message to respond, and we would use giving as a response. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, number three, uh, all of our staff and our leaders must tithe. Um, that includes me and my family, right? So I'm not yeah. putting someone on stage in a leadership role in any way, shape, or form that does not tithe. Right, that should tell you that I don't want your money. That I, I want something for you, because I'm not going to let. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna have people telling you to do something that they don't do. Like on this podcast, Steph and I have really tried. Steph, me and you've been doing this together now a couple months, a few months. Yeah. Right. Right since right after you got married. Yeah. Maybe a month after you got I married. I think it's about fall. Yeah. So it's been a little while yeah. now, right? We we are trying not to talk about anything on the podcast that we don't have moral authority to talk about. Right. So like that doesn't mean we're doing it perfectly. Right. Right. Nothing we are like when we just when we just had the whole series on being offended. That was because Steph and I have struggled with that. Yes. (laughs) Having a spirit of offense. (laughs) So when it comes to money, I'm not going to put somebody in front of you that doesn't have the moral authority that isn't doing what they're telling you to do. Right. And so we do this with our family. Like I do this with my children. So I'm, I'm teaching my children to tithe all of our kids. Um, from the time they were old enough to get money, right? So so Olivia was, I think, three when we started this process. Uh, old enough to understand. They get three jars. They have a, a God jar, a save jar, and a spin jar. Every dollar that they get, 10% of it goes into God jar first. I make them open the jars on, on purpose first this way. 10% of it goes in their save jar, and then 80% of it goes in their spin jar. And so this, we just did this three days ago. Three days ago, Madeline had some money that she had from her birthday, right? I think she had like $80, right? Aww. $80. Well, we go to do the jars. She wants to do her jars, right? The very first jar we open is the God jar because I want her to understand that God goes first, right? Yeah. And we then does it really matter? Could we have put the money in the spin jar first and then the save jar and then the God jar? Sure. But that's not the point. The point's not the money. Mm-hmm. The point is the intentionality of first. Yeah. So eight bucks went in her God jar first, and then eight bucks went in her savings next, and then whatever was left over goes into her spin jar. And we've been doing this with our kids all along. Now, Olivia, our oldest, is almost 17 now, so hers is not in a jar anymore. It's digital in a bank in account. A bank account, right? yeah. But here's what's cool, Steph, because um, you've been a part of Olivia's entire life. Um, when when it switched to her having a bank account and a debit card, um. I didn't make her tithe, but she does it anyway. So if I go pull oh. up, if I go pull up her bank account, uh-huh. any money that hits as a deposit, whether it's her allowance, whether she got some money for babysitting and she made a deposit, whatever it is, I can go on there right now and I can show you where as soon as that money hits, she goes on and texts to give ten percent of that money every single time. Go Olivia, and then she will take the, another ten percent and she'll slide it into a savings account instead of the checking account that it's in. 
and I'm not making her do this. Does that make sense? Yes. So it's this. So it's this thing that we've taught. So the reason I'm bringing yeah. it up is I don't want your money. And one of the ways you can know that is I'm leading my family in the same principle, right? Because I believe in the principle of first. That is the way to living a different life that Jesus has called us to live than the rest of the world around us, right? So yeah. it's what you do with your money. Um, I love that. Number four, if you really believe that we're about your money, um, you can give it to another church, keep coming to our church, and I still believe that God will bless us for teaching the principle to begin with, right? And we yep, tell people this all right. the time. And then number five or six or whatever number I'm on now. Five. Um, <laughs> we also do at our church, and of course this doesn't necessarily apply to everybody listening to the podcast, but we do what we call a 90-day tithe challenge. Tithe for 90 days, and if you don't feel like you're closer to God that, you know, I'm not saying that you don't feel like a, you know, you got a bunch of money in the mail or something, right? But if you tithe for 90 days and you don't feel like you're obeying God and it's making sense, we'll give you all we'll give you it all back. Right? We'll hand it all back to you. Right? So the, I bring all this up to say obviously lots of people that listen to the podcast do not attend my church. Um but I'm telling you that the vast majority of pastors and churches, they do not want your money. Mm-hmm. They want something for you, not something from you. We serve the God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He don't need us. Amen. He don't need our money, right? But we need to be givers. We need to do that, especially if we're trying to live this unordinary, extraordinary life that God has called us to live and to do things differently with than the world does, right? Yeah. Um, so that's, that's, that's just how we get started. So let's jump in. Let's go to uh, probably one of my favorite Old Testament passages about tithing. And then, by the way, those of you who um, think it's just an Old Testament thing, we'll debunk that in a minute, too. All right, so here's, here's uh, Leviticus, what is it, Steph? 27, 30. 27, verse 30. A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. Yeah, so this is an old school principle. By the way, this is found in Leviticus, so this is part of the Levitical law. If you jump into the idea, well, we don't tithe anymore because we're not under the law anymore because Jesus came and freed us from the law, this, this principle existed before the law existed, by the way. Mm-hmm. So it's before the law, it's during the law, and then it's in the established fulfillment of the law in Jesus Christ, by the way. It's all the way through, cover yeah. to cover. Because the principle here, and they were in an agrarian society, so the idea was is the first fruits of the land, they were given as a tithe to God, and that was the trust that you would place in God that he's going to give you more, right? Because you don't know whether or not you have that first harvest and you're going to have a, a drought that happens after that. You don't know, right? And so it's a, I trust you, God, and I give you what's yours first. This idea has been in, is all throughout Scripture, right? You get, there's so many people that want to debunk this and just say it's part of the law. It's not. It was before the law, right? Mm-hmm. And it happens, and Jesus references it too. Absolutely, he does. Multiple times. I'll give you an example in a minute. But here's, here's, here's what's being said. Here's a big thought. Maybe we'll throw this thought on social media. Whenever God gives us an increase of resources— Whatever that looks like, your paycheck, right, um, or a, a big, uh, like a, I don't know, money that comes in that you didn't think, resources get increased, whatever that looks like. We declare that we have a heart of worship for God by returning what belongs to God to God. And we don't get to determine what belongs to God. He's the one that says, this belongs to me, right? Yep. And so that, 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 First fruits, that 10% belongs to God. Here's what's funny about that. All of it actually belongs to God, right? 
Like his is the 90% too. Yeah. When this world is over with, right? When everything's done with, we will walk out of here the same way we walked in with nothing, right? Yeah. <laughs> Naked. Basically, so sense, this right? is it. <laughs> this is what happens, right? We're going to walk out with nothing. In other words, it's all his anyway. That's right. What he does is he says, give me the first 10% and then I will do something better than you could ever do with your 90, right? Yeah. And then also you got to remember, if we didn't come into the world with anything and we're not going to leave with anything, then everything that we are given, we are just stewards of. We're just managing, right? Mm Because it's not ours. Otherwise, we'd be leaving with it, right? But it's not ours at all. It's all his, really, right? And so what he's doing is saying, trust me by making this first. And so you'll notice in this principle that this is real important. The tithe is not 10%. The tithe is the first 10%. And that makes a big difference, right? It's not the you get down to the end of the budget month and you go, okay, let me go ahead and slide my 10% on over. That's the last 10%. Right. right? That's not really a tithe. Now, are you giving God 10% of your income? Sure. But there's not a there's not a there's not an art to it, right? That's what we're talking through here. This art to no, I'm gonna declare it first. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna make it a first thing that I do. Right. Um I know we're getting into the weeds, this is off notes, but let's just go with it anyway. Um sometimes people say well, Adam, do I tithe on net or do I tithe on gross, right? So which one is it? And so, you know, I'm gonna, if I tithe on just what I receive, it, it doesn't really matter. Just pick one, really. But for me personally, um, because, because the tax man comes and grabs money away before you get your paycheck, it feels like tax man is always first, right? Because they get it first. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you remember that time, Steph, when you were young and you got that first paycheck? And you looked at it and saw how much taxes were taken out of it. Mm-hmm. And you like lost your mind. You know what I'm talking about? You remember yeah. that? You were like, what? Right? Tax man comes first. Well, me and Valerie decided over the years that we would give on gross because that's us declaring God comes first, no matter what really tax man does. Right? Mm-hmm. And so we want to make sure that happens at the beginning of the month. The idea here is we don't give it. We bring it because it's not ours to give. Right? We're bringing to God what's God because we're recognizing with this heart of worship that we're just, we're just bringing him what belongs to him in the first place. Right? Yeah. So, so you really can't give something that's not yours. So we're bringing him what is his because it belongs to God. People might fight over this more than anything in the church for the most part, and they typically do it by saying that this is just an Old Testament thing, like I was saying a minute ago. But look at this verse. This is from Matthew 23, 33. And we're not going to go into some in-detail sermon on this, by the way. We'll be done in 10 minutes. We're at 23, 23? 23, 23. Yeah, what I say? Sorry. 33. Uh, what's up? What's up? Sorry. <laughs> no, I was like, if it is 33, let me go find it real quick. Matthew 23, 23. Michael, Jordan, Michael, Jordan. Matthew 23, Jordan, 23. Okay. Now that you've heard that, <laughs> here's the verse. <laughs> Matthew twenty three twenty three, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and how do you say that? Cumin? Cumin. Mm-hmm. I always pronounce it differently. But you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. Yeah, so Jesus literally just says there to the Pharisees, hey, you sitting over here, breaking down individual spices. I want you to think about spice rack in your house, right? Think about the fact that you just got some some new, whatever it was, dill in, right? You ever seen dill in the little spice rack? It's these little bitty little things, right? I have right? some, yeah. Yeah. Let's say you bought that. You guys, Jonathan comes home, you tell him to get some dill from the grocery store. 
and you are so legalistic about this thing that you pour all the deal out on the table, count it, and tithe 10% of the deal. Right? Nobody got time for that. <laughs> that's what they were doing. Like that's what Whoa, they were doing. They were so legalistic crazy. about it, and yet they weren't. All, but at the same time, they weren't giving grace to people and mercy to people and love and care. Right? Yeah. And so what Jesus does is he doesn't tell them you're stupid for tithing. He says you're stupid for not doing these things. And then Jesus says you should do both. Did you hear the last? That's the last part yeah. of his verse. The last part of the verse he goes, y'all do both. You ought to be paying attention to these things. It's way more important than you over here tithing on spices and being legalistic about it, right? Being so specific. In other words, put me first, but don't be legalistic about it. It's the same thing we talked about with the first of the day. Like, you can go pee first. It's cool, right? No big deal. Yeah. Same thing here, right? Don't feel like, oh, my God, we didn't write our very first check of the month to God, right? It was yeah. the second one, right? Okay. Let's let's don't be so concerned with that and ignore hurting people around us, right? That's right. But Jesus, when he says this, though, he's very specific in saying, do both. It is an implied thing. Let me, let me just say something very simple that a lot of people disagree with, but I, I'm telling you, it's just implied. The, the reading your word and putting God first in the day, gathering with the church, tithing on your increase in resources, these are basic bottom line things to being a Christ follower, right? Like they're not, yeah. they're not getting you saved, but they are like bottom line expectations. And the way that Jesus words this is just yet another way he points out that's implied. That's an implied basic thing, right? We'll show this. I'll show this to you next week. When Jesus talks about fasting, it is just implied that Christians would fast. Yeah. It's implied. And I get, I had a question. Yeah. I guess you could say, well, don't you think like a lot of us get legalistic even when we fast? Like, absolutely. We're trying to do it just right. Because I know I've done that many same, times. In fact, I've done a little. Same thing. Yeah. Right. Same concept. You cannot get off. You, you got to put God first, right? But not get so legalistic that by, if I, I got to do it just right to earn his favor, right? right? That's not what we mean. Or like you didn't do it right at all and he's done. Yeah. It's not yeah. what we mean. But when we come, when it comes to uh, tithing, it is one of those basic expectations. Like Jesus assumes in that verse, he's yeah. assuming that it is implied that everybody is going to tithe, right? Yeah, it was that just his followers practice, are going to yeah. tithe. It's assumed. He'll. Sh- I'll show you this next week. It's assumed that his followers are going to fast. Yeah. It's assumed that his followers are going to read the word and be in prayer. It's assumed that his followers are going to gather together every week. Because it's like, right? hello, it's just basics. It's basics, yeah. right? It's just basics. And so don't jump past the fact that that's, that's really what we're talking about. That's why I'm saying that this whole art to being unordinary is not difficult steps. Yeah. They're different than the rest of the world. They're different, but they're not difficult. And they open up yourself to all kinds of things. Um, what Jesus is saying there, once again, is whenever we receive resources, we acknowledge God as a source. Yeah. Right? It's the same thing. He means the same thing, too, when he's referring to mercy and grace and peace and patience and all those things, that we receive that from God, and so we are stewards of his resources in that way as well, just yeah. like monetary resources. Um, and, and when people start to really think about this and they go, okay, this is a basic thing, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Um, I don't know how I'm going to tithe. And so it's like, preacher, I'll have to change my whole life to do this. Yeah, that's the point. 
right? That's the whole point. Wouldn't you want your life to be changed? You, yeah. You, you, you would. You would have to change everything, right? Because now you're going to say that this first part goes to Jesus, and now I'm only working with 90%, and I have to live within my 90% because that's not mine in the first place, and I'm giving it to, I'm bringing it back to God, right? Yeah. So yes, it does change everything. You will have to do this. Um, it will change everything. But I'm telling you, from living this for years, it does require you to change how you do things, but it changes you. It does. And it changes yeah. everything. It changes your heart. It changes everything. Valerie and I have, we have tithed to our local church when we since we first started dating. We started dating when I was 14 and a half years old. And and she was seventeen, cause I you know I pulled the older lady right. Ooh, Ooh. she was a senior in high school. I was a freshman in high school. I'm just saying. And so, and except for about seven minutes where we broke up one time when we were teenagers, we've been together ever since. We have tithed our entire lives except for about a one year period, um, prior to me going into ministry. Right after we had first gotten married, married where we were completely distracted and not connected to our local church, right? Uh-huh. But we have tithed our entire adult lives, and there have been plenty of times where things were extremely tight, and we didn't know where our, you know, we didn't know what to do, mm-hmm. right? Like I remember one time when we were first married that we would roll up change mm-hmm. to pay bills. We would switch. Nobody remembers this unless you're old. If you're listening, and you're old. You remember this. We had a home phone because that's the only phones you had, right? We didn't have cell phones. And to call long distance, you had to have a long distance carrier, right? So somebody that was charging your long distance. So you'd have an AT&T would be your long distance carrier or Sprint would be your long distance carrier, whatever. Those long distance carriers would call you and give you money to switch to them to be in your long distance caller. Even though Valerie and I didn't make no long distance calls because we couldn't afford it. I remember one time where literally Valerie switched us from one long distance carrier to another because they were going to send us 50 bucks in the mail. And then we used that 50 bucks to pay our power bill. I nice. Mean, that, like legit. There were times where the where the heater would kick on in the other room and it would make me nervous because I'd go, oh my God, I don't know how we're going to pay for this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there were times that were extremely tight, but we have never not had what we needed by trusting God first. And as a matter of fact, he has done some amazing things over the course of our life with all of these things. Yeah. Blessed us in tremendous ways. And I'm not wealthy. I'm I'm just a pastor, right? But we have seen this play out wholeheartedly by trusting him and knowing that, you know, yes, it does you do have to change your life to make these things happen, right? But you either want to live the extraordinary life that Jesus promises, or you don't. And the way you live the extraordinary life that Jesus promises is by doing some unordinary things. And what you do with your money the first of the month is one of those unordinary things. Now, True. I'll say a couple things here at the end. Don't treat this like a transaction. Um, business transactions come last. You look at the bottom line on your bu- budget sheet, and then you decide, okay, well, we have this to use for this service, or we have this to invest, or whatever. Don't treat this like a business transaction. This is a spiritual transaction. Spiritual transactions come first. That's why it's called a declaration of firsts. All right, make your make your spiritual transactions first in your life. Business transactions come last. Spiritual transactions come first. And if you treat this like a spiritual transaction, then it changes absolutely everything. It really does. And it's it's a gateway. There are a lot of Christ followers that I work with 
that I'm their pastor, that one of the biggest things that's holding them back from God using them in some tremendous ways is the fact that they are not putting him first in this in this area, mm-hmm. this area right here. It's one of the biggest holdbacks, um, I think. And but but you're you're never going to get there by treating it like a business transaction. Right. It can't just be a business transaction. It's got to be a spiritual transaction. I am bringing to God what is His because I trust Him, and I trust Him more than my ability to make money. I trust him more than the government's ability to take care of me. We know that ain't no good. Yep. I trust him more than um, me having my job, right? Yes. Because I don't know if you know it's not, but you can lose jobs all the time. People yeah. lose jobs, places close down, and you nobody sees it coming. I've been fired several times. You know, I mean, it just it just happens. I've been at places that have it's shut like that. down overnight, and you didn't see it coming. I don't trust in that. I don't trust in the government. I trust in God first, and that's why I'm going to make those spiritual transactions happen first. Um, I would suggest to you, if I've convinced you at all on this talk, on this on this little simple talk, if I've convinced you at all, um, and if you're still listening, I would suggest to you that you do a 90 day tithe challenge. Now, I can't tell you what another church is going to do if you do it there. Like I told you at my church. We'll give it back to you, right, if you don't feel like God is moving and working in your life in 90 days. But I would challenge you to trust God and try it for 90 days. Yeah. Try it. And then also try it a step at a time if you need to, right? You know, if you're sitting here going, I, I can't do this, I can't do this, well, start with 2% and then figure out, but don't let yourself sit there. Then figure out, well, I'm, my goal is, is to get to 10, so I'm going to take some baby steps, Every step we take towards God is something that is celebrated. And don't wouldn't you say that if someone wanted to try this ninety day tithe challenge, uh-huh. that they should go on it with the right intentions? Yeah, it's got to yeah. be. It's got to be God. I believe that God is telling me to do this. Right? Yeah. That God, that this is a command. That this is the this is an uh, implied base basic thing that Christ followers do. Um, and so I want to be like Jesus. Right? I want to. Um, I want to honor God and do what God tells me to, right? And so does does God say this in his word? Oh, you better believe it, right? Yeah. He says it. So I want to do what he says. So that's the reason I'm going to do it, not so that I can be blessed. Right? That's right. But no, at the end of the day, every time you declare God first, there are blessings that follow. That's right. I don't know what those blessings look like, and I'm not saying they're monetary, right? That's right. But when we declare God first, there are blessings and some of those some of those blessings are here and now that we can see and feel. Mm-hmm. But there is countless more that are stored up in heaven, right? In in the fully realized kingdom of God that we are going to benefit from greatly by putting him first right here right now. You know what I mean? Right. So that's all I got. Um what do you think, Steph? What's that verse? No eye has seen, no ear has heard. Yes. Yeah. The no, I let's look it up. Let's look it up. Let's yeah, look it up. we got to read it because he made me think of that. I'm and I just to, read it in, I think it's in Romans. I'm about to mess it up, <laughs> guys. We're gonna get there. Hold on, guys. Stay with us. If you're still listening through this tithe talk, you're probably still there. Wait. Oh, it's it's Corinthians, First yeah. Corinthians, because I'm actually in First Corinthians right now. Yeah. And he and and when when uh, Paul quotes this in Corinthians, he is quoting a verse from uh, the Isaiah, I believe. Oh, so okay. I think it's it's in the Bible multiple times. I'm pretty sure he's quoting an Old Testament verse. Read, you read it. 
You want to do the Isaiah one? No, no, do the, do the one you brought. <laughs> okay, First Corinthians two nine. However, it is written, "What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love Him." Right. We have no concept the way in which God wants to bring us into the extraordinary work He has on earth and in heaven. We have no idea, and all He's looking for us to do is trust Him and declare that our trust is in Him. And these things that we do with our first, that's what they are. They're a declaration of trust. That's all they are. Mm -hmm. That's the baseline. And when we declare we trust God, he works, right? When we we lean not in our own understanding but trust in him, he's the one that is making our path straight. That's the whole point, right? Yes. So he's doing things and moving us in ways that we have no concept about when we trust him. That's all it's about. It's all about trusting him, you know? So don't let your distrust for church or pastors keep you from trusting the Lord That's right, right. with your first. You know what I mean? Don't, yes. don't let that happen, right? Trust that God's got it and you're honoring God with it, right? That's the whole point. Um, yeah. there, there is an art to being unordinary, but it's not difficult. It's simple, small things. Right. I actually, I don't think out of the whole list of things we'll say, I don't think this one's the most difficult even though it's the one that people tend to struggle with the most. Um, and the one we're going to talk about next week is fasting. I don't think the fasting one is the most difficult, um, although that is a very hard discipline, right? Yeah, I think the is. most difficult one of all of these is the first of every day. Oh, yeah. I think that's the most difficult. That makes sense. Because it's, a, it's daily. It's every day. You aren't going to, you aren't going to co- corporately gather with the church every single day. You're not going to tithe every single day. You're not going to fast every single day, but being with making committed time to the Lord that he's first every single day, that's the toughest one. Yeah. That's the hardest one. God honors them though. And so we're not looking for perfection here, right? We're not looking for perfection. You're not going to get it all right perfectly all the time. You're not going to, you're not going to do this with a perfect heart. Like for us, the, the challenge with tithing, the challenge for us with tithing has been at certain times it turns into we just do it, right? It's just the thing we do. It's just the thing we do. It's just yes. the thing we do. Instead of it being, no, 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 this is more than just a thing we do. And then we get back to the heart of it, right? Even though we're doing it, mm-hmm. the heart sort of, you know, it just becomes part of what we do. So even even when you're doing it on time, you still not might maybe be doing it right, right? So we're all going to fail at all times yes. on certain things. We're not looking for perfection. What we're looking for is a declaration of trust. That's the whole idea. So next week, we'll wrap it up with uh, fasting, which we're me and Steph are trying to do right now. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying. Well, yeah. Thank y'all for joining us. Um, I also want y'all to know I do use cumin. I just always get confused <laughs> with cumin or cumin. <laughs> Some people say it differently, okay? <laughs> I, I think you could probably go either way. All right. Y'all have a good one. Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a good day.